Recently, I spoke to everybody about being together apart and, and how can we have a, a spirit of togetherness when we can't connect physically. And um, here's a thought that, that together is knowing how valued you are. In fact, I, I think you need to understand that you are valued to the absolute extreme. Um, sometimes it's easy to feel like we're, we're not valued. It's easy to feel like, oh, we've mucked things up and nobody cares. Who would want me? All that sort of thing. That's, that's a natural part of life. And, and sometimes it takes us down. Um, but today I, I want to talk about being together and knowing how valuable you are. So we're going to look at that this morning. Do you ever remember being lost? Um, I've certainly been lost lots of times and uh, recently I shared with, with many of you uh, a story about Alex and I having to be helicoptered out of the bush um, when the bushfires came a couple of years ago um, and there's lots of occasions and maybe you can think of a time you were separated from a group in a, in a big strange city, um, that's, that's an interesting thing. Uh, maybe you can think about a time that you lost your mum in the supermarket. Has anybody ever been in that situation? I can actually remember that. And my mum was really embarrassed because um, she used to take me shopping as, as a little fella and, and I'd wander off looking at things and look around and I'd be like, oh, where's mum? And um, she would be so embarrassed because I would just scream at the top of my lungs, mum! And not only mum would hear, but everybody in the supermarket knew that I was lost and, and knew that she was my mum. So she had to sort of go through that embarrassment. But anyway, from my perspective, it worked and I always got found. Jesus finds a way of cutting through all the religious hurdles and, and all the things that, that the, the religious people of his day had put in front of people. And he tells this story in, in Luke chapter 15. And I'll just read the first couple of verses here. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners. Pretty full on, isn't it? Um, in that day, tax collectors uh, were people that very much were were betraying their own people in some ways because they were collecting tax for the Romans and they were ripping off their, their own people. So they weren't very popular and, and they, they were considered um, perhaps bottom dwellers in, in today's language. And it says, So tax collectors and other notorious sinners came to listen to Jesus. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Wow. So Jesus told them this story. And actually, he, he told three stories. He tells a story of a, a lost sheep, uh, a lost coin, lost coin rather, and a lost son. And have a read of it later. I'm not going to read all that here with you this morning, but have a read of it later. Have a read of it in your connect groups and, and talk about what it means. What's it talk about? What's it mean in this moment? What's it mean uh, for where you are right at this very time? Uh, the sheep. Any, anybody had anything to do with sheep, you would know that they are frustrating creatures. They don't seem to have any brains at all. They, they just follow the herd. They're easily spooked. They run off. They do stupid things. And um, in, in this story, Jesus tells, he, he tells a story about a sheep who had obviously become separated from the flock. And, and when the shepherd gets back and, and counts his sheep, in those days, it was very different to how it is here in Australia. You know, we put sheep in paddocks and check on them every so often. But in those days, the, the shepherd would very much know the names of all the sheep and he would look after them. And when he brought them back, he'd put them in a pen at night and he'd know how many he had. So, so here's, here's a, a shepherd that seemed to have quite a large flock and, 
and, and one of them's missing. And so what does he do? He, he actually leaves the flock. He leaves the flock in the pen and, and he goes out and he, and he searches, you know, through the wilderness and he finds this one sheep. And when he finds it, we're told that he puts it on his shoulders and he carries it and he gets it safely back in the pen with all the others. The coin had been misplaced and and we're told Bible scholars seem to think that this coin was probably uh, a coin that was part of a chain that was probably worn around uh, a woman's head and it was a bit like a wedding ring. It, It was signifying that she was married so it would have had a lot of value and and it was one of, of a number of coins. And, and this coin, she suddenly picks up, you know, this chain and realises that one of the coins is missing. It's like, <gasps> you know, it's a bit like um, suddenly, you know, you, you look at your watch and it's not on your hand and you think, oh, where did it go? Where did I leave that? And you get that sort of feeling. I've lost something that is valuable. And, and we're told that she, she lights a, a lamp and she sweeps the floor and she searches and searches the house until she finds this coin that had been lost. And, and the other story, um, a very well told one, is the story of a son. And, and probably the, the difference between this and the other two is that the other two just were lost because they were lost. You know, sheep do that. Sheep get lost. Sheep are, uh, are not real smart animals when they're, when they're spooked and when they're running from things. And, you know, a coin, you know, a coin doesn't think very much, does it? It, it just goes where it goes. But, but the interesting story of the son is that he chose to get lost. He chose to be rebellious. He chose to leave his father. And, you know, he says to his dad, hey, you know, I've been working hard around the farm for a while and I'm a little bit sick of what's going on. It's not very exciting. How about, imagine this, this is a pretty audacious question, isn't it? Uh, Imagine going to your father and saying, you know, dad, I I know that you're going to leave us some money when you die. Um, it's not very nice to talk about these things, but hey, you know, we, we're going to have the hard conversations. So he goes to his dad and he says, look, you know, I know you're going to leave us a, a good inheritance. How about, how about this? You give me my part now. You don't have to worry about it later. And, and I can, I can go and have some fun with it while I'm young and while I can, can still do some things. And the interesting thing is his, his dad does, you know, most dads would say, come on, that's, 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 a crazy thing, but but you know what? This father seemed to have this incredible love and trust for him to find his own way, and and he, and he releases half of his fortune, half of the inher- of of everything he had to this son, and the son goes off and you know has all sorts of fun. We're told that you know he wasted on wild parties and and women and friends and all sorts of stuff like that, and and eventually gets to a point where he's got nothing left, and and in the end you, you read about this son that actually comes home. And after all that, after blowing a fortune, after his father being so, so sad more than anything that he had lost this relationship with his son and his father sees him coming home and, and we're told that the father just opens his arms and says, hey, son, I'm so pleased you're back. I'm so pleased you're here. And he received him home. But Jesus was showing the religious elitists, that socially and religiously isolated people are of immense value. And we're in a season where, you know, many of us or nearly all of us are experiencing this level of, so- of, of social, isolation, social, isolation, gee, social isolation. That's, that's a, a big word to get out this morning. Um, 
And, and perhaps that may be already leading to uh, emotional isolation. Maybe you're already starting to feel uh, emotionally isolated and perhaps in, in coming weeks, you know, so many people are, are going to experience that. But either you're in that now or, or, or it's going to, you know, you're going to feel that in coming weeks. I want you to remember this this morning, that you are of immense value. There is nobody that would be listening to this this morning. There is nobody that's, you know, sitting in front of a computer or a TV or, or maybe you're on your phone off for a walk. Wherever you're hearing this, there is nobody that is of no value. Everybody is of immense value. And, and you know, for, for the guys here that are, that are part of your church, um, I just want to express um, that you are so valuable, that you are not alone, that we're all in this together and... No matter how you're feeling, it's just important to understand that you are incredibly valuable. You see, the lost sheep was carried back on the shoulders of the shepherd. And and this is a picture of Jesus himself, God the Son, looking and actively pursuing the lost. So if you feel lost or disconnected or isolated, Jesus is pursuing you. He's after you. He's not, he's not wanting to find you and discipline you. See, when, when the shepherd found the sheep, uh, we're not told how long he looked for it, but you could imagine it would take quite a while to find a sheep out in the wilderness. And, and when he gets it, you know, the sheep would have been fatigued, the sheep would have been exhausted, and he, and he picks the sheep up. And he, and he didn't pick it up by the neck and he'll look it in the eye and shake it and say, you stupid sheep, why did you wander off? Um, you shouldn't do that again. If you do that again, I'll leave you out here for the wolves to come and find. No, he was, he was actually overjoyed because he knew that that's just what sheep do. You know, sheep, that's, that's how they're wired. That's how they're made. And he, he's just overjoyed and he brings this sheep back. And you know what? Jesus understands that in the world that we live, sometimes, you know, we get disconnected. Sometimes we get isolated and he's not trying to, to get you in a position where he can tell you all the mistakes you've made. He actually just wants to pick you up. It's like put you over his shoulders and, and bring you back. And sometimes it's, it's that fear of, of how God's going to receive us, even for those of us that have relationship with him. Sometimes stuff happens and we feel like we're in a place where he's not going to receive us. But Jesus said so clearly that there is no place that we can be, there's no, nothing that we can do that can separate us from his love. You know, no virus can actually separate us from the love of God. No government regulation can separate us from the love of God. No social isolation can separate us from the love of God. In fact, at a time like this, he is actively seeking you out and pursuing you and wants to pick you up and wants to connect you with his acceptance, with his love and his purpose for your future. There are times where you can feel like you're lost through your own stupid decisions, you know, that, that basically the sheep got lost because it was a sheep. It wasn't very bright and it just wandered off. It didn't keep an eye on where the herd were. It probably got spooked by, by something else. Sometimes we can find ourselves, you know, separated or isolated because, you know, we've made a, a decision that in hindsight wasn't so good or even at the time maybe we thought it wasn't, but we did it anyway. And sometimes we think, well, I don't deserve, I don't deserve to be picked up by Jesus. I don't deserve to be part. In fact, I've been so silly that I want to remain isolated because I feel like I deserve it. You know, and that's, that's a, that's a real dangerous way to think. It's a, it's a, it's a place that the enemy would want to have all people where you feel like you're not valuable 
And, and Jesus is not going to come and find you and, and tell you that. He's actually just going to reach out his hand and say, hey, you know, you are so valuable. I've been looking for you. Come on, come home. You know, we're, we're, we're going to get you in a safe place. We're going to get you warm. We're going to get you connected and we're going to make sure you're feeling all right. Jesus isn't looking to discipline you. Rather, he just wants to pick you up and carry you home. The coin was located when light came into a dark room. We're told that this, this woman who lost the coin and, and this story is told in a day before we had electric light switches and she had to light a lamp and, you know, if you've ever used a, a, a little lamp when you've been camping and things like that, I mean, the, the lamps we've got today are amazing. Um, you know, the, this LED technology, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm just um, going a bit technical here because it's the way I'm wired. But, you know, that, that we, we can have these little battery lights when we're camping now and they are so bright and they last so long. But um, many of us remember, um, you know, really dim battery lights. We, we remember having to, to light these these. Um, oil lights and um, kerosene lanterns and things like that in the past and they, they certainly you know are not as bright as what we see today so this this woman would have had to you know clean it all up she would have had to make sure she was getting maximum brightness out of this lamp and and she lights it and she takes it into the room you know and, and obviously she you know probably gets down under the bed and she sweeps around under the bed and, and she looks around and, and eventually she finds this valuable coin what actually happened, it was when the light came into the room that she was able to see where the coin was. So many times I've been out doing things and um, before I was a, a pastor, I was an auto electrician. I used to work on trucks and machinery and things like that. And, and often I'd be called to a breakdown in the middle of the night and, and mostly it was just having to, to find a wire that was broken or something that had come off. And, but those things are really hard to find in the dark. And, and sometimes I would actually start work in the dark and I'd be looking around and having a lot of trouble finding the problem. Um, and then all of a sudden um, the sun would come up and it was amazing. As the sun came up, everything changed. And, and, I, and then I'd find something. I'd think, how did I miss that? Well, it was because I didn't have the light. I didn't have the illumination to be able to see it easy. And, and really the, the, the part of God that's being illustrated here is the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit actually wants to come into your world. The Holy Spirit wants to come into our situations and, and he wants to bring illumination to things that are going on, things that don't make sense. Maybe you're, you're, you're feeling like disconnected, isolated. Maybe you're even feeling elements of depression. You see, the Holy Spirit actually wants to come and help you see through the fog and bring illumination to where you are so that you can actually be connected and found again. Maybe it, it feels like you're in the dark at the moment. I want to encourage you. If you would just pray to Jesus, the Holy Spirit would actually come and meet you where you are right now. You don't have to be in the room with me here. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once and he can actually meet you in your situation. And maybe things are a little bit foggy. Maybe you even feel like a deer in the headlights with everything that's going on at the moment. Well, he actually wants to bring light into your situation so that you can actually you start to see beyond where you are and things start to make sense. Um, the sun, this is a, a, an incredible story. The sun was actually found through unlimited forgiveness and a lost fortune. Isn't that amazing? This father had shelled out half his fortune. He'd gone through the 
I would imagine the embarrassment of feeling like he'd been disrespected, of feeling like his son hadn't lived up to the expectations. You could imagine as he talked to his neighbours, you know, people would be saying, you know, what's, you know, what's going on with that tearaway boy of yours? <laughs> you gave him all this money and you haven't seen hiding a hair of him. That was a smart thing to do, wasn't it? And he wasn't deterred by any of that. We're told that he, that he would just get up every day and, and he would stand and he'd look down the road and he'd think, maybe it's today. Maybe today my son is going to come back. Maybe he's going to, may, maybe, maybe he's going to realise that, that I still love him, that he's still welcome and he can come back. And, and eventually, one day, he's doing that again and he just sees way down the road, he sees this, this tiny little figure and he thinks, could that, could that be my son? Could that be him? Wouldn't it be amazing if it, if it is? And you can imagine his eyes would have, been, would have been glued on this little figure down the road and as it grew bigger, he's thinking, gee, gee, that looks a little bit like my boy. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's my boy. It's got my boy's walk. And, and, and then the figure comes a bit closer and he suddenly realises it is his boy. And he doesn't just wait for him to come home and, and have to put him through some sort of ritual of coming in. No, he actually leaves everything and he runs from his house and he, and he runs towards him and he grabs him and he hugs him and he picks him up and he kisses him and he says, son, I am so pleased you're home. And, and, and if you read the text, you find out that, that this boy's got this rehearsed line and he's going to say, dad, you know, maybe I could come back and just be a servant. And he doesn't even get it out. And, and, he, and his father said, telling everybody, hey, we're going to celebrate. My lost son is back. He's home. We're going to have a party. We're, we're going to have a feast. We're going to do everything because he was lost and now he's found. You know what? That is exactly how our father feels about you. Maybe you're feeling isolated or disconnected at the moment and, and he's, he's not making it hard for you. In fact, his arms are wide open. He's saying, I would just love you to come to me right now because I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to put a ring on your finger and I'm going to put a coat on you and I'm going to put shoes on your feet. I'm going to bring you back dignity. I'm going to put you back in the position that you were supposed to be. And you see, he didn't just allow him to serve. He actually reinstated him as son. He gave him the position that he was always supposed to have and he put him back where he was supposed to be. No matter where you've been, no matter how you're feeling, you know what? Our Father wants to pick you up and he wants to put you back where you're supposed to be. You're always called to be in relationship with him. You've always been valued by him and you've always been his son or daughter and he just wants to bring you back into that place. You are not alone. You are of immense value. 